that's what you do. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, this is the book of Matthew. Now remember, uh, this, Matthew was, was uh, uh, <clears throat> one of the Lord's disciples here, you know. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, this is chapter 1, but I want to go all the way to... Uh, and, you know, the book of Matthew is not, sometimes I want to make this point. The Bible's not made up of, like, uh, Confucius, say, you know, <laughs> you know, or somebody says, well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible's a completely historic book, okay? And so these things are laid out historically. And, uh, but anyway, so the book of Matthew is that way, too. But, of course, there's neat little things that are in there that you can uh, learn. But I want to jump all the way to, uh, this is about the birth of Jesus and start of it to end all the way to the crucifixion. I want to go all the way to 12. Here we go, past it. Matthew chapter 12. About that time, Jesus was walking one day through some grain fields with his disciples. Wow, that's scripture. Now it's history, but of course we know it's scripture. It's in your Bible, but see what I'm saying? It was on the Sabbath. Boy, here's a date and time. Oh, I found a date and time when I was getting to... uh, uh, First Chronicles, when, San, when Solomon became king, right after he had got the temple started, he's building the temple. This is David's son. And it said when David's, when Saul, excuse me, when Solomon started to build the temple, it was 430 something years since they had left Egypt. That was a date right there. Wow. So all that time from Moses' death all the way to Solomon, which is Saul and uh, and then David, King David, and his son Solomon, and then all the judges, Samson and Delilah and all that stuff, and Joshua, it had been 400 years. Okay. Anyway, about this time, he's walking through the grain fields, Matthew chapter 12. It was on the Sabbath, the Jewish day of worship. Build the picture. His disciples were hungry. We understand everything so far. They began breaking off heads heads of wheat. And eating the grain. Well, some people think he's not supposed to be, that, that's working. Not supposed to work on no Sunday. But some of the Pharisees saw them do it and protested. I mean, it's almost like, you know, we can talk about Alabama, Auburn, whatever. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's like, I, I, I would not say anything kind about Auburn, okay? Well, they're not going to say anything kind about Alabama, okay? They weren't going to say anything kind about Jesus. They were looking for mistakes, okay? That's all this was. Your disciples are breaking the law. They're harvesting on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, wow, look at that statement. Haven't you ever read what King David did when his friends were hungry? Well, now, Lord, we're not all preachers. We're supposed to know this stuff. Look at that. He went into the temple and ate the special bread that was permitted to the priest alone. No, I think this, this, this table here has remembrance of me. All this stuff is... They try to make this. These are lampstands and stuff like that with the original tabernacle even here at our church. Um, they call this the table of the Lord sometime. And, and I remember growing up, I thought it was just meant the Lord's table where they had communion because that's where our Baptist church, we had the communion cups and stuff were always here, the silver things and whatever. But it was actually representing there was a table inside the tabernacle and it was called the bread of his presence. Now I'm going to use this Bible. It was a loaf of bread that was Cooked every day was laying right here. And these lights were lit. Well, it was a candle that had, you know, the, whatever. They call it uh, Israel's, the candle of Israel had lights for all the 12 tribes. But anyway, so the candle was in there and that special bread. And it was, look at that, permitted to the priest alone. That was breaking the law too. And haven't you ever read in the law of Moses how the priest on duty, well, anyway, they wouldn't notice this. David and his men went in there and they ate that bread. David, what? 
Well, they broke the law, but it says, haven't you ever read in the law of Moses how the priest on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? Yeah, they got to clean up some. And truly, here is one greater than the temple. He's talking about, see, because this is the Lord. Jesus was the Lord. And he said, if you'd have known what the meaning of this verse was, I want you to be merciful more than I want your offerings. You would not have condemned those, look at that, who aren't guilty. For I, the Master, I, the Messiah, am Lord or Master over even over the Sabbath. Wow. My goodness. Okay. Well, let's go see what that was. Here's the story. Jesus said, haven't you read? Well, we're going to read it. Let's see. That story is actually right after David kills Goliath. Let's go to 1 Samuel here as soon as everything catches up. All right, here's 1 Samuel. Uh, I want to go all the way to, uh, let's see. This is David and Goliath right here coming up. Goliath the Philistine, chapter 17. Just want to show you. All of a sudden, uh, he's having his threats. But remember David, here it is, the son of aging Jesse. Notice that's a time frame. It's historic. It means his dad at this point was getting to be a pretty old fellow. Okay, anyway, you know in this chapter, David's going to wipe him out. I want us to start in uh, chapter, no, hang on, I want to go in 18 just yet. Let's go over here to the story. Here it is. Uh, Let's see. It was... No, hang on. Let's see. Was it? Give me one second. It's all historical, so I don't have to know verses. I just know basically the way it's laid out. Let's see. Yeah, this is that story. Oh, uh, here we go. Chapter 21. First Samuel <clears throat> chapter 21. Jesus says, haven't you read? Well, here we're going to read it. David went to the city of Nob, okay, Arab, whatever, to see Ahimelech, to say Al. Okay, he's going to see Al, the priest. Al trembled when he saw him. Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? Now, remember, David is fleeing from Saul. That's why I want to pick that up. Give me one second. David kills Goliath. Let's go back to the 18th chapter. Oh, notice here in chapter 1, after Saul finished his conversation with David, David met Jonathan, the king's son, and there was an immediate bond of love between them. Jonathan swore to be his blood brother, and they sealed a pact, giving him his robe, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now, King Saul kept David with him, wouldn't let him return home anymore. And that wasn't a bad thing. He was his special assistant, always carried out his, his assignment successfully, commander of his troops. But watch what happened. I mean, this is just five verses after Goliath. Something happened, verse 6, when the victorious Israeli army was returning after David killed Goliath. Women, they show women always get you in trouble. Look at this. Women came from all across the towns to celebrate and to cheer for King Saul. They were singing. They were dancing. Now, I want to tell you how far this singing and dancing, this little song went. Other nations heard this. Matter of fact, when David was having to run from Saul, he ran over to one of the Philistine kings and he said, Hey, can we just kind of hang out, my men, and I, can we just live here? And uh, the other guys were saying, This is the one the women were singing? David's, I mean, Saul's killed his thousands and David's killed his ten thousands. So everybody had heard about this. Plus, they were knocking heads all over the place. Remember, at this time, Israel was just now getting their self back together because they had all been scattered. They'd been scattered. Philistines had taken over. Anyway, so they came out to cheer for King Saul and were singing and dancing for joy with tambourines and cymbals. So this was not a, oh, let's be in church. No. They were happy as all get out because these Philistines, Goliath, 
He wasn't the only giant. There were several giants. We're making life torturous for everybody. However, this was their song. Saul has slain his thousands. Okay. Saul has slain his thousands. Number, right? David, his ten thousands. Boy, this ticked off King Saul. Look what he says. He says so. Of course, Saul was very angry. What's this? He said to himself, they credit David with ten thousand, I mean with ten thousands, and me only a thousands. Next they'll be making him their king. From that time on, King Saul kept a jealous watch on David. The very next day, in fact, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. He began to rave like a madman. David began to soothe him by playing his harp, uh, as he did when this happened. But Saul was fiddling with his fears, his spear. And suddenly he hurled it at David. Now watch what happened. Nicked him, didn't it? No, never touched him. He never gonna touch you either. Intending to pin him to the wall. But David jumped aside and escaped. Now, I'm not going to spend much time here, but watch this. This happened another time too, okay? It happened a couple, uh, actually the next chapter on. Anyway, <clears throat> let's skip ahead and go back over here. So now David has fled. He's run off. We're not going to do the antivirus thing. Okay, so let's pick up where, oh, yeah. So here's the story Jesus said. Don't you remember what happened to David when he went to the priest? Now, notice this, Ahimelech, he's, uh, he's trembling. Now, why is he trembling? Because he knows Saul hates David. I mean, he's been trying to kill him. He says, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? The king sent me on a private matter. What does that say? David. He said David lied. He did lie. Uh, he told me not to tell anybody why I'm here. I've told the men oh, where to meet me later. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread, anything else you can. Well, remember, Jesus already told us where this food was. He says, well, we don't have any regular bread. Now, remember, David wasn't trying to hurt this guy. He wasn't. He's trying to keep him out of trouble. Actually, we're not going to have time to read it, but guess what? This little event here, Saul finds out about it, and Saul comes down there and has Ahimelech executed and his whole family. It's horrible. Matter of fact, Saul told his men, Kill all these priests. And Ahimelech, the priest, is saying, what are you going to kill us for? We didn't even know. We didn't, we didn't know any of this. You know? And Saul says to his men, kill them. And his men stand froze. They go, I'm not killing the priest. They're not going to do it. Well, Doeg, the Edomite, and who's the Edomite? He was a descendant of Esau. He's a jerk, whatever. He pulled his sword out and he did it. He killed them. And David vowed to kill all the Edomites after that. But anyway. <clears throat> We won't have time to get into that, but watch this story. So anyway, so he says, rest, uh, he said, we don't have any regular bread, but there's holy bread. I guess you can have it if, it, if only your young men have not slept with men, women for a while. Rest assured, David replied, I never let my men run wild while they're on an expedition. And since they stay clean, even on a trip, how much more now? So since there was no food available, the priest gave him the holy bread. There it is, the bread of the presence that was placed before the Lord in the tabernacle. It had just been replaced with fresh blood. Incidentally, here's that clown, Doeg, what a name, the Edomite, Saul's chief herdsman. All he did was keep all their cattle for him. He was there at the time of the ceremonial purification. Look at verse 8. Remember, all this stuff is myths. None of this happened. Well, why do we have what happened to verse 8? David asked Ahimelech or Al if he had a sword or a spear he could use. The king's business requires such haste, and I left in such a rush without any weapon. Well, he did run, and he did have to escape for his life. Well, the priest replied, I have the sword of Goliath. 
the Philistine, the fellow you killed. It's wrapped up in a cloth in the closets. Take that if you want it. But there's nothing else here. Look what David said. Just the thing. <laughs> Give it to me. Oh, man. Anyway, notice this. Uh, but Achish officers weren't happy. Oh, excuse me. Then here's where it is. So David, he, he fearful of Saul, he went to King Achish of Gath. Okay, just another out, city outside of this. And these weren't Israelites. And they weren't happy he was there. Isn't this the top leader of Israel? Isn't he the one the people were singing, saying Saul's killed his thousands? David is ten thousands? Wow. Anyway, notice this is short here, but... Notice how Dave got out of this. Look what David did. Now, look what the Lord did. The Lord got him out of trouble, and that's the point. He's always going to get you out of trouble, too, if, you'll, if we'll do what David did, which is so easy. Trust the Lord. Just, God, get me out. When David heard these comments, he was afraid of this king. And so, what he, look what he tried to do. He tried to act like he was insane. So, you little Drew. God. He scratched on the doors, let his spittle flow through his beard. Until finally, King Achish, what do you call him, King A, said, must you bring me a madman? We already have enough of them around here. Why do you bring this guy around here to be my guest? Anyway, so David got out of that one. I mean, they were going to kill him, but he acted like he lost his mind. All right, here we go. David escaped to the cave of Adullam, where his brothers and relatives soon joined him. Others began who were in any kind of trouble. Anyway, there soon there was about 400 of them. Okay, notice this. Later, David went to another town and asked permission of the king for his father and mother to live there. Look at this, under royal protection until David knew what God was going to do for him. So, didn't you understand? He was worried about his parents getting kidnapped. <gasps> mom and dad. <gasps> David, first thing he did was he got mom and dad. He shipped them out to another city and asked this. Anyway, they got protected. They were protected. Let's speed ahead here. Let's see. Uh, let, me, let me go on down here. Let's see. Yeah, this is where, uh, this is where that guy... Uh, he winds up and they kill all of, uh, uh, anyway, the, the priest there, Ahimelech. Let's jump ahead here. Oh, let's see. Lord protects him here, but I'm going to speed ahead. Protects him here. Here we go. Saul returned from his battle of the Philistines, and he was told David was in the wilderness of Engedi. So he took 3,000 special troops to search for him among the rocks and the goats. I mean, come on, 3,000? Don't you think 3,000 could outsmart? But as you know, it ain't going to happen. And the same thing's going to happen for you. The Lord's going to help you. David wrote a third of the Psalms. And when you read in the, like the 23rd Psalm, the Lord's my shepherd. He prepares the table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'm basically never going to, I mean, I, I sleep where? By the still waters. Goodness and mercy fall. He's not up there going, oh, I'm just thinking about the Lord. This is his life. And the Lord is rescuing him the whole time. That's the reason the 23rd Psalm is so powerful. We just don't know the meat and potatoes behind it all. Once you do, you're like, praise the Lord for the 23rd Psalm. Anyway, the place where the road passes, this is uh, 1 Samuel 24. Saul went into a cave to go to the bathroom. Wait a minute. But as it happened, David and his men, 400 of them plus one. Now's your time, David's men whispered. Today is the day the Lord was talking about. I will certainly put Saul into your power to do with him as you wish. David crept forward. I mean, you imagine sneaking up on somebody on a commode. God. You gotta have the Lord. <laughs> anyway, and he he quietly slit the bottom of Saul's robe. But then his conscience began to bother him. I shouldn't have done this, he said to his men. It's a serious sin to attack God's chosen king. These words persuaded his men not to kill uh Saul. Oh. Um, okay, after Saul left the cave and gone his way, David came out and shouted, My Lord the King. 
When Saul looked up, David bowed low, and he shouted to Saul. Now watch the words he says here. Remember, because the Lord said, haven't you read? Haven't you read? We weren't supposed to just read about the bread. This is a few days after the bread. I mean, can you imagine? He'll take care of your hunger. He'll take care of your family. He'll take care of you. Oh, mercy. Why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? David said to Saul, this very day you've seen it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in that cave. And some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. I will never harm you. And what you may not know was, of course, David loved Saul anyway. And he certainly loved his son. And they made a pact. They made an agreement that they wouldn't kill each other. You know, and they didn't have to do that until after David's, I mean, Saul's dad was, I mean, excuse me, Saul was acting like an idiot. He wanted everybody to assassinate David, all because of jealousy. I'll never harm you. He's the Lord's chosen king. See what I have in my hand? It's a hem of your robe. I cut it off. I didn't kill you. Doesn't this convince you I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting my life? The Lord will decide between us. Perhaps he will kill you for what you're trying to do to me, but I'll never harm you. Now watch what else he says right here. As that old, pro- as that old proverb says, uh, wicked is as wicked does. Despite your wickedness, I'll not touch you. And who's the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? He's spending his time chasing someone as worthless as a dog or a flea. May the Lord judge you as to which one of us is right and punish whichever one is guilty. Now look at this verse right here. He is my lawyer, my defender, and will rescue me from your power. Wow. Saul said, is that really you, my son, David? And he began to cry. You're a better man than I. You've repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been wonderfully kind to me today. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Watch this. This doesn't last long. Here we come again. So a few months later, whatever, Saul's at Gibeah, and he's told David's hiding over here. Saul took an elite corp, here they are again, corp, excuse me, and went to hunt him down. Saul camped along the edge of the wilderness where David was hiding. But David knew of Saul's arrival and sent out spies to watch his movement. David slipped over to the camp one night around him. King Saul and General Abner were sleeping side by side inside a ring, slumbering soldiers. Now look at this. Any volunteers want to go down there with me? <laughs> First off, I mean, David, are you stupid? I'm not going in this elite group. David's like, we're going to be all right. Anyway, David asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, Joab's brother, the son of uh, Zariah, I'll go with you, Abishai said. He was one of the top 30. Anyway, so David and Abishai went to Saul's camp, found him asleep with his spear in the ground by his head. Gee. You're playing with fire. No, you're not. Praise the Lord. God's put your enemy within your power this time for sure. Abishai whispered, let me put that spear through him. I'll pin him to the earth. I'll not need to strike him a second time, old buddy. And I mean, he wouldn't either. David said, nope, nope, nope. Who can remain innocent if you kill the king? Surely God will strike him someday or he'll die in battle or of old age. But God forbid I should kill the man who's chosen to be king. But I'll tell you what. We'll take his spear and his jug of water and get out of here. So David took the spear and the jug of water. Now think, you got to remember, David's not thinking about being protected a few minutes from now. He's thinking about right now. David's going, I cannot believe it. I'm invisible, you know. Anyway, so he gets, uh, he gets, where is it? Okay, they got away without anyone seeing or waking because the Lord put them sound asleep. They climbed the mountain slope opposite the camp. Till they were a safe distance. Then David shouted, Abner, Saul, wake up, Abner. Who is it? Abner demanded. Abner was actually Saul's uncle. 
Well, Abner, you're a great fellow. Boy, he's mocking him here, David taunted. It Where in all Israel is anyone as wonderful? <laughs> so you haven't guarded your master, the king, when someone came to kill him. This isn't good in all. I swear by the Lord, you ought to die for your carelessness. Where's the Lord's, I mean, where's the king's spear and a jug of water beside his head? Look and see. Oh, man, Saul spoke up. He recognized David's voice. Now, remember, Saul's the one who's got the issues here. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. He can't ever kill him. Is that you, my son, David? David said, yes, sir, it is. Why are you chasing me? What have I done? What's my crime? If the Lord stirred you up against me, then let him accept my peace offering. But if this is simply the scheme of a man, then may he be cursed of God. You have driven. Now, well, look at this. You have driven me out of my home so I can't be with the Lord's people. You've sent me away to worship heathen gods. Must I die on foreign soil far from the presence of Jehovah? Why should the king of Israel come out and hunt my life uh, as a partridge in the mountains? Saul confessed, I've done wrong. Come back home, my son. I'll no longer harm you. You saved my life. I've been a fool. Very, very wrong. And he said, here's your spear, sir. David said, let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord give his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. I refuse to kill you when the Lord placed you in my power. Now, what? look at this. Now may the Lord save my life, even as I have saved yours. May he rescue me from all my troubles. Doesn't it any wonder Jesus said, haven't you read? Where was Jesus this whole time? Jesus became flesh. He'd been around the whole time. Wow. Look what Saul said. Saul said to David, blessings on you, my son David. You shall do heroic deeds and be a great conqueror. Okay. Two more spots to wrap it up. Let's go back to Matthew a second. Oh, Matthew, I need to go to, I think it's 22. 22. Yeah, 22 right there. Look at this, yeah. Uh, what about the Messiah? Jesus is saying, whose son is he? Well, the son of David, excuse me. Then why does David, speaking under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call him Lord? For David said, God said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he merely be his son? Okay. But anyway, the point is, Jesus thought all these things happened. And uh, I think Luke's account or Matthew, uh, it's not John, but uh, Mark. Mark or Luke and the other two gospels, they said the people loved what he said here. They're like, wow, Jesus could make you think. Okay, last verse. Now that David just a hop, skip, and a jump, everywhere he turns, look at this. I was actually showing this to uh, <clears throat> Dustin and Alex last night. This song of David was written at the time when the Lord delivered him from his many enemies, including Saul. Well, I don't know those stories. Well, yeah, you do now. You just We just read to him. Watch this. Lord, how I love you. You've always done tremendous things for me. See, when you read this, you have to say me. You, can't, you don't say, well, for David. And it's a song. Oh, gee. David wrote it just for him. No, no, no. You, nobody else can listen. This is private. Well, it's not private. We have it. The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. Now, I don't care if it's exams you're dealing with, some of you younger fellows here, whatever, still in class or some difficulty at med school, whatever, or some of us older people, we have all kinds of problems, whatever. Mel, you got your stuff going on. Dustin, you got your stuff, whatever it is. The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. No one can enter and slay me. He is a rugged mountain where I hide. He is my Savior. Where have we heard that before? 
Why don't you accept Jesus as your Savior? And we think, just only going to heaven. The word Jesus means Savior. How we have just demeaned that word, just diminished its meaning, whatever. It means everything. Read the book of Acts. It wasn't, boy, our life was tortured. No, 276 people on a boat with Paul. It was going to be destroyed by a hurricane or whatever it was. And they, every one of them survived. And Paul blames it on the Lord. He said, I asked the Lord, everybody be all right. And they were all all right. As soon as Paul gets off the boat, remember he's building a fire. He grabs a stick. Python grabs him, whatever that silly thing was. And it was one that's supposed to make you die right then. And he didn't die. <clears throat> then everybody on the island that we got sick was healed a few minutes later. So it's the same story. He's my fort. Okay. He's my rugged mountain where I can hide. He's my savior, a rock where none can reach me, a tower of safety. He's my shield. He's like the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Can you? <laughs> I'm not going in there after that bull. Grab him by the tail. <laughs> no, he's got horns on the other end. Praise the Lord. Look at that. All I need. Here we go. All I need to do is cry to him. Oh, praise the Lord, and I'm saved from my enemies. Now, right there is where we fail. Sometimes I'll do, <laughs> I'll do something, and I'm going, I can't, you know, I pay $40 for that special thing there, and, and I, where did I do with that thing? Where is it, you know? Where is this? Now, it could be a problem. could be anything else. And if the last thing I do is, oh, oh, I forgot to ask the Lord. Well, we don't want to do that. Remember to do this. David says, all I need to do is cry to him. Oh, praise the Lord, and I'm saved from my enemies. And then he builds a picture, and we're not going to go through it. He says, death bound me with chains. The floods of ungodly men, they came to attack me. I was trapped, helpless, struggled against, and, against the ropes that drew me to death. In my distress, I screamed to the Lord for his help. Notice he didn't say, I spent hours in prayer. I read my Bible all the time. I do this. I never miss church. I always sing in the morning. No, he didn't say any of that because you don't need that. You just better do this. And he heard me from heaven. My cry reached his ears. And then it goes on and says, the earth started quaking. I mean, God was mad and he came down and he rescued me. We're not going to go through that. But boy, I tell you what, let's just get to the punchline. Notice this is all descriptive of the Lord coming to get you. Uh, let's see. The Lord thundered. He did all this. What, what's all this activity about? He reached, look at that. He reached down from heaven, took me and drew me out of great trials, delivered me from deep waters, delivered me from my strong enemy and who I was helpless in their hands. Oh. Oh, and look, look at that. On the day when I was weakest, they attacked, but the Lord held me steady. Bye, I can't go any further. We'll run out of time. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We've seen the stories Jesus told us to remind ourselves of about David. He was protected. Not only did he get Goliath, but he was protected from death just days later. But praise the Lord, you're always a shield. You'll do the same for us. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, if our bodies are hurting, whatever, or hungry or whatever, you'll take care of that. If it's financial, you'll fix that too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if it's something we didn't even talk about this morning, but we see that you are a shield and you'll help us, then you'll take care of whatever that problem is. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what you've been doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay.